Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I explore the growing trend of corporate venture capital by retailers and specifically inform you on how this relates to the recent activity by the specialty supplement retailer GNC. But before we get started, I would love if you took 53 seconds out of your day to leave a rating review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Did you know that the specialty supplement retailer GNC had a venture investing platform? Surprise. So I'll get to like all the details around GNC Ventures a bit later in this content, but first I want to kind of broaden everything up a bit and properly explain this retail trend. This is what they call corporate venture capital. It's essentially a practice where a large corporate entity takes an equity stake in a small but innovative or specialist company with the objective of gaining a specific competitive advantage. As an alternative to traditional acquisitions, companies are making more of these minority investments. In fact, corporate venture capital now accounts for nearly a quarter of all the venture capital investing, and its deal value has increased more than tenfold over the past decade. When most people familiar with corporate venture capital think about the concept, they tend to beeline towards like large tech companies like Google or Facebook, but this type of investing is done by every sector in the economy. And that includes retailers, especially those that have the financial wherewithal. These retailer-owned or affiliated venture funds and or incubators that are formed by retailers are becoming more common as these retailers are having to evolve more rapidly to meet the needs of customers. Just to throw some recent news announcements out there to kind of validate this trend, you've had Ulta Beauty start Prism Ventures. Amazon is throwing a billion dollars at the industrial innovation fund they started. You also have Home Depot Ventures and retail names like CVS Health and Albertsons. They're starting digital innovation funds, just to kind of name a few. These investments come in a few different kind of main forms. Some focus on improving capabilities and others through supporting small brands, sometimes to kind of further a cause. Let's quickly talk about the first common corporate venture capital reason, which is to improve their overall customer experience. This type of investing can help reinforce and signal to the market a retailer's culture of innovation. Think about the biggest retailer in the world. Walmart has made several investments in tech companies to develop an alternative method of delivering products. They also invested in an indoor vertical farming company, several fintech companies that would help their customers, and also a virtual fitting room software company. Ulta Beauty, like I said, launched Prisma Ventures, which looks for creative disruptors to deliver forward-thinking retail experiences. Its investments have already contributed to the improved personalization and diagnosis for Ulta's digital hair and skin services. 
Home Depot Ventures is identifying, funding, and partnering with early stage companies to accelerate emerging technologies that aim to improve the customer experience and shape the future of home improvement. That includes a digital platform for bathroom renovations, crowdsourced delivery platform, and a freight technology company. The other common corporate venture capital reason is to support smaller brands. While the deal sizes are usually much smaller than the previous example, the quantity or let's kind of say this type of investing is much more familiar. These types of investments can indicate a retailer's interest in gaining a trendy reputation among consumers. It's also a popular way for retailers to broaden their assortment and keep a pulse on innovation in the segment. By having access to product developers and product managers within these emerging brands, the retailer can also ask for new features ahead of everyone else. And this provides a substantial competitive differentiator in the merchandising function. It could also be used as a branding tool to support a specific cause that the retailer values and create more equitable merchandising. Victoria's Secrets has announced several initiatives in a bid to kind of revamp its image, including an inclusive marketplace called VS and Colab that amplifies a diverse set of founders who break from the antiquated rules. Target has also said it has increased its investments in Black-owned companies and suppliers by 50% compared to 2020. And finally, depending on the structure of these corporate venture capital deals, the retailer could form, either officially or unofficially, something that more resembles an incubator. Walmart's brand incubator provides a virtual classroom series, access to a brand management consultant, consumer insights, training on Walmart's ad platform, Walmart Connect, and mentorship and networking opportunities. Here's a super important and maybe powerful element, though, that often gets overlooked in having a corporate venture capital arm in a company. Beyond making the actual deals, corporate venture capital is deployed as a market sensing mechanism. What I mean by this is you'll only invest in kind of like a small percentage of deals, but the critical part of value lies in the insights collected from the non-deals. These investment conversations expose companies to trends several years ahead of its competitors. Venture activity often precedes market disruption, giving in-the-know investors an opportunity to actively course correct. The learnings often are about the ideas and trends that companies did not know to expect. It's about closing the gap of what you don't know you don't know. Let's now kind of head back to the subject of GNC Ventures. So introduced in 2021, GNC Ventures is designed to uncover and strategically partner with companies leading category innovation through unique attributes, multi-touch points, and a consumer-centric mindset. It's a core part of the retailer's renewed strategic focus on innovation and serves as an incubator for unique, emerging, and innovative brands. In the past kind of two years, I found three publicly disclosed investments by GNC Ventures. The first was made in July 2021 with a meal delivery service named Real Eats. I actually referenced this deal in my GNC kind of reimagined for the 2030s content that was created a few weeks later in early August. If you haven't watched that great piece of content, I'll make it easy for you by popping it up right here and leaving the link 
in this content's description. But what I was kind of referring to was the fact that GNC stands for General Nutrition Centers. And nutrition means so much more than selling vitamins and supplements. I stated that GNC should be creating strategies and partnerships that lean further into the food as medicine concept. While it hasn't happened yet, I expected the Real Eats partnership to be followed by an integrated media strategy that included an extensive library of healthy recipes, how-to videos, and special kind of like cooking with a fitness celebrity or influencer kind of shop attainment classes that are hosted at local stores, but also live streamed through their loyalty app. The second GNC Ventures deal came a few months later when they announced a strategic product partnership with the innovative sports nutrition brand Glaxon. The core of this deal was that GNC kind of de-risks Glaxon's core competency of developing disruptive products by fast-tracking them with the retailer's vast distribution scale and power. And then the third, at least known, GNC Ventures deal came a few weeks ago with the plant-based sports nutrition company, Plant Fuel. Like the Glaxon deal, the partnership will accelerate Plant Fuel's speed to market. GNC has been seeing an uptick in consumers interested in vegan and plant-based options, so this deal helps them deliver on that opportunity and also backs a repeat entrepreneur, Brad Pyatt, who also created Muscle Farm. Before I talk about what kind of could be next for GNC Ventures, I wanted to kind of quickly mention why a brand might take on an investment from somebody like GNC Ventures beyond those incubator-like value adds and speed-to-market comments I made earlier. Now, regardless of GNC's bankruptcy that happened a few years ago, it's still the largest brick-and-mortar specialty retailer in the supplement space. That serves as a stamp of approval for young brands and helps them build their reputation and their network of retail partners. So what could be some future deals or areas that GNC Ventures invests in next? Kind of to follow along with that 2030s future of GNC content that I made, I think you could see them strategically investing in loyalty program value adds like telehealth services that focus on in-health diagnostics, connected or digital fitness companies, and wearable technology. In terms of maybe the more typical brand investing for merchandising reasons, it likely won't come from the popular brands in the retailers kind of network like Ghost or Alani New because those deals are too mature for it to be fruitful for GNC Ventures. I think it won't come in the sports nutrition category, but something in general wellness or even women's health like the brand Womanness. But I just kind of wanted to end on some quick final thoughts, and I think we're going to continue to see retailers invest more and dedicate more resources to corporate venture capital. A hidden kind of landmine, though, for these retailers is to ensure that they think about structure. The most successful companies separate these venture fund entities from the kind of general operations so that they can operate independently from the corporate bureaucracy and deploy a decidedly non-corporate mindset. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 